Welcome to this week four edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I'm Bruce Monin, your host, writer and editor, recording once again from our remote studio in the Wyoming suburb of Cincinnati. <laughs> once again, checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of the number 34 ranked 2-0 Cincinnati Bearcats. Hey, I remembered this time, Rebecca. The score? I forgot that part last week. I know. How dare you not update our listeners on how Cincinnati's doing when we start a podcast? Exactly. Well, I'm <laughs> back in form here. But we, as you can hear, have our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin. Always happy to be here. The old UC Bearcats looked very good in taking a 27-7 first half lead. They sure did. Maybe it was 21 to 7. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, they were ahead 27 to 7 at one point. And then they sort of held on for dear life to defeat Pittsburgh 27 21. It's not really Cincinnati sports if we don't kind of give up in the third quarter. It has to be interesting, right? We have to be a little worried. Uh huh. I know my other daughter's dog had his head buried under a blanket in the fourth quarter. It was getting so close. <laughs> This week, Miami of Ohio visits historic Nippert Stadium in the 127th Battle for the Victory Bell. Should be an exciting one. They know where was... that trophy is. I think they had to dig the uh, the riverboat rivalry trophy that they had with Pittsburgh out of deep storage somewhere. I don't, they haven't played Pittsburgh in about <laughs> 10 years. So. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah, we, we keep... The victory bell out and fresh. It gets handed over every couple of years or so. It's been quite a while since it's been handed over lately, and hopefully Cincinnati can keep it that way. We want that 3-0 record when Oklahoma comes to visit the week after. <laughs> it may not make 4-0. It may not, but then again, we shall see. huh? By the way, for those of you who are worried, my man, American Sepkus, is still in the lead of the Vuelta a España when I said he might lose it in the time trial this week. Oh, good for him. Turned out he rode the time trial of his life. And he's still well in the lead and has two teammates currently in second and third place. So there's nobody really. Wow. Yeah. Pushing too hard to take the lead away from him right now. So. There can't be too much left of the Vuelta. It ends from or this next Sunday, I should say. So about six days left. All right. There's one kind of really nasty day where they go up this climb that has something like 24% gradients along the way. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I've seen people walking on it in the past. <laughs> it sounds like walking on it would be a struggle. <laughs> Can't imagine trying to propel the wheeled object up it. Yeah, yeah it would be... Uh, Quite the challenge. I've seen some. We drove up Altuez that time. That was about eight nine percent. I hate to think of double that. <laughs> that was nine percent. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we have received a couple of requests to bring Tyler Stevie back already. Ooh, have you let Tyler Stevie know? Well, he should be when he hears this. Yes. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> Speaking as your executive producer, that's not a good way to do business. I will talk to Tyler Friday at the football game. 
I believe he told me this last Friday that they will be playing for the MAC golf title sometime this week. Oh, that's exciting. So maybe we'll bring him in for a little recap of some golfing action. We should do that. Anyway, Rebecca, I thought I'd let you know. We received one other comment. Mm-hmm. A fan I met on the football field Friday night said, we're getting a little bit stale. We're getting stale. We need more bits. We need to ramp up the effort just a little bit here, Rebecca. Guess the uh, the podcast format of being all stats and pretty much nothing else isn't carrying the uh, listener's attention, is it? We've always been a little worried about that, haven't we? <laughs> to be honest, sometimes I'm worried about it carrying my own attention. <laughs> so we can brainstorm some bits. Yeah, we'll work on that. Since we're getting a little stale, I think we should go back to the old reliable. Scores of the week. That Because that music will never get stale. <laughs> We're going to start with a score from the WBL this week. Henton beat Lima Bath 38-34. to Nice tight game. Now, Sounds exciting. We mentioned this last week as a very important game in the computer points for both teams. But what made me pick this game as a score of the week was Kenton scored on a 55-yard touchdown pass as the clock expired to end the Ooh. game. I got to see the video, but it was really taken by a fan in the stands, and I really saw more of the fans yelling and cheering than I saw of the actual play. I mean, <laughs> is that not like 30% of what you go to games for? Oh, that would have been an exciting one to be at. That would to, uh, to see that kind of ending would, you know, however the rest of the game went, it sounds like the rest of the game went pretty well. That would have been a fun ending to see. Moving to our second score of the week, it's another WBL game. The games were in the WBL this week, Rebecca. We should be taking note and giving tips to the other divisions. Nope. Conferences. This score was Van Wert 43, Defiance 42. Ah, ooh, yeah. Now, I believe I actually mentioned a few weeks ago, Defiance is not using a kicker. They go for two points on every touchdown. And I said, sometime this year, they're going to lose a close game because of that. This isn't one of them. They actually made three of their six two-point conversions, got six extra points. So you can't blame it on the two-point conversion. Somehow, Van Wert did a little better, got one extra point there. Do we know if that's because they just didn't have enough kids for a kicker or no one was trained up? Or Apparently, no one's. the coach hasn't found anyone he thinks is good enough. To be better than their two-point play, I guess. I mean, I guess. No. I mean, maybe a controversial opinion, but I think quite a lot of high school football kickers aren't that good at kicking when they start their high school debut. I do know, just watching Division Seven Minster every week, our place kicker broke an ankle in like the first game or two. They pulled someone out. It was the second game. They turned to the sideline and said, who wants to try an extra point? <laughs> a kid ran out and kicked it better than anything the original kicker had been doing. Now, when you say sideline, you mean like the other kids on the team already? On the, on the team, yeah, not out of the stands or anything. Okay, yeah. good. And then next week, I thought this kid would be kicking, and it's a different kid. They found someone else even better <laughs> when they had some tryouts. So Maybe that's just the Minster bias, but... 
And the guy they kicked last year still isn't kicking for him because it's a quarterback and they're trying to get him not to be doing everything, you know? So anyway, I, I, I will give defiance this. If they keep up with this, they're going to be better at two point conversions than anyone else in the state. Oh, hard to argue with that. <laughs> just guessing. I'm thinking defiance probably has a boys soccer team. Maybe there has to be someone who knows how to kick there. If that's so, they must not be trying that hard. They must like their two point conversion. But in this game, our Van Wert comes out ahead by one. And that was good for them. They already had one league loss. Defiance was undefeated. So Van Wert moves a little closer to the top of the WBL standings. And our last score of the week. I was following this game on Saturday on Twitter slash X. <laughs> Lakewood St. Edward beat Cincinnati Elder at the pit 34 to 33. Talk about some teams that have some kickers. Elder kicked a 35-yard field goal with a little over two minutes remaining to take a two-point lead. St. Edward drove down the field, kicked a 29-yard field goal with nine seconds left for the win. Dang. Those are some tight games you found here, Dad. Yeah. So, yay kickers in that one. Yay kickers. That reminds me that Defiance doesn't have a field goal kicker either. That's true. They probably, if they're not kicking extra points, I doubt they're kicking. They're going goals. for the touchdown and the two-point conversion every time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's time to start watching some defiance games, I think. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> let's get to the heart and soul here, Rebecca. Let's hear some computer point calls. This is the hard part to spice up. <laughs> Starting with the big schools, because we're going to do it the same way we always do it. Yep. Division One, Region Two. Our team Finley got a win this week. They're actually favored to win their next six games, so we'll just go every week. Hey, Finley's number four now, and then we'll see where they're at next week. <laughs> okay. When we get later in the season, we'll start figuring out who they might be playing in the playoffs. Right. For now, number four, Finley, baby. In Division Two, Region Eight, three of our four teams have wins this week. To be honest. None of the games looked that interesting going in. I looked at the scores. None of the scores were that interesting either. That happens sometimes. You get games where one team's favored and they just win big like they were expected to. It's not real exciting. <laughs> so, number six ranked Troy, number 10 Sydney, and number 12 Lima Senior all took the big wins. They all stay in the top 16. Number 18 Piqua lost. They stay 0-4. They're below the top 16, of course. Right. I've thought of a potential game we could play to spice up the regions. Oh, go for it. I have dice, as you know. <laughs> you have 28-sided dice? Uh, no, and that one we might need to get adventurous on. I was just going to say after each region, I roll a die that most closely matches the number of teams that we track. And you try and tell me what their mascot is. Oh, boy. <laughs> no preparation? No prep. And then I'll tell you because I'm the researcher. Well, it's possible, I guess. We follow them. You've probably said it in an article or something before. Well, we could probably do it without the dice as we go down. I could try to take a shot at all of them and you could find out. Yeah, well, we, we don't want all of them. That would take so long. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Division one. Region, oh, where Region 8 only has four teams. I was region, looping in Region 2, so we're going to skip Region 2. Eh, region 8, number 3, Lima Senior, what are they? 
Lima Senior would be the Spartans. Hey, now I have to check, which yeah. honestly might take the most time. I'm about 95% sure on that one. Yes, they are. Good oh, job. Okay. Moving on to Division Three, Region 10. We follow one team. You going to roll the dice there? No. They are the Defiance Bulldogs at 3-1, and one, currently ranked number 11. They only have the 14th most second-level points in the region. All of them come from beating Wapakoneta in Week 2. Their other two wins are against winless teams. That's why they're only ranked number 11 with a 3-1 and one record. This week they play 0-4 Lima Shawnee. No second-level points rolling in again there, huh? I'm guessing they're not going to go up the rankings in second-level points. No, they're going to need to beat someone besides Wapakoneta that's going to get them some points before the season's done. Yeah. Oh, Got to love these early regions, Rebecca. Division three, Region 11, there is Bell one Fountain. team we follow. Bell Fountain. Hmm. Bell Fountain. It's something red, I think. Um, I think you stumped me on Bell Fountain. They're the chieftains. The chieftains. Ah, damn. I was thinking Redmen, but I knew that was wrong. Only just morally. Yes. <laughs> uh, Bell Fountain, number seven. They already have as many second-level points as they have first-level points. That's pretty common later in the year, but it's a good sign this early on. Bell Fountain plays three and one Indian Lake this week. More second-level points just waiting for them. Of course, More to get them, you have to be second level three. points. Yep. Be yes, you do. You do need to beat them to get the points. That is. That's the catch. Normally, how these work. <laughs> that is the catch. All right, Division Three, Region Twelve. I see six teams, Rebecca. That, yes, I have a six-sided six die. die. Oh, for those listening, I play Dungeons and Dragons, which means I have seven sizes of dice in front of me. Got your nice four-sided, your typical six-sided, then the eight-sided, which is my favorite, the ten-sided, twelve-sided, and the twenty-sided. And you may say, wait, that's only six. Joke's on you, I've got a second ten-sided with an extra zero so I can make a hundred-sided dice. Because math. Yes. What'd you do, throw it on the floor? No, I have a big one on the floor. Oh, okay. Too bad we're not doing video here. Yeah. Maybe we can add video if we're still stale in a month or two. Well, what you forgot to do is to actually roll the six-sided die there. Oh, I was going to wait for you to say all the teams. But okay, oh. I can roll it. <laughs> eh, three again! Three again. Tip City, Tip Tip City, Tip a Canoe. Ooh, ooh, they are the Red Devils, maybe? They really should have just been, like, anthropomorphic canoes. That would have been fun. <laughs> Tip a canoe high school this one's harder to find it's not in the wikipedia page i'll get back to you on that one all right the red devil suddenly sounds wrong i think that's arlington they anyway. are red they are red they're so. the red devils yeah you they got are it the red devils. all right we're gonna start with elida is currently number four they fell one spot after they beat winless ottawa glandorf no second level points again no second-level points. They were almost passed up by number six, Salina. Uh, both teams are favored against two and two teams this week. 
Uh, Salina looks to be slightly more likely to pick up more second-level points from the teams they beat earlier. So we'll see if Salina catches Elida next week or not. At number nine, we have those Red Devils. They are a slight underdog for the only time in the final six games. Mm -hmm. They are playing 4-0 Troy, which is probably why they are a slight underdog. If they get a win, I expect them to finish in the top four in this region before all is said and done. And we have two and two Wapakoneta rose six positions to reach number 15 this week. Nice. I also think Wapakoneta is likely to end up in the top four if they can defeat three and one Van Wert this week. Afterwards, three and one Salina in week 10 would be their main impediment of winning the rest of the season. Division four, region 14. We have six teams again. We have six teams. Let's see if I can do something other than a three. It's a two. It's a two. It's Kenton. Kenton should be the Wildcats. Yes, they are. Good job. All right. Pretty good at this, Dad. (laughs) Why, thank you. Uh, This region, (laughs) number three, Van Wert. After that big win over Defiance we told you about, they are now playoff bound. I never had any doubt anyway, but, you know. Nice, nice to have it confirmed. Get. Yeah. At number 10, Kenton. Hey, guess what? They also were in the scores of the week. They passed number 12, Lima Bath, the team they defeated last week. And after that, we have three winless teams. We mentioned Ben Logan last week as already being out of playoff contention. Yeah. St. Mary's and Napoleon still have opportunities to win and reach the postseason both. I think both of them, if they can get their first wins this week, look like possible playoff teams. So keep an eye out to see if those teams can crack the win column this week. That's good. It's kind of weird. We're only four games in, but it's already starting to feel like late in the season. This being the fifth week coming up, it'll be halfway done the regular season after this Friday. Division four, region 16, just three here. I have some three-sided dice at home, do you? I don't. I'm just dividing my six-sided by two. Number one. Urbana, the Hilltoppers, I believe. The Urbana Hilltoppers. That's exciting. High school. Ohio. This uh, this game I established made it hard to Google ahead of time. Uh, Hill Climbers. Oh, I was so close. The, The Hill Climbers. Their mascot is Sparky the Hill Climber. Sparky. Sparky. I would not have come up with Sparky in a hundred guesses. <laughs> now, Urbana is number 12 in the rankings. They did not listen to us last week. <laughs> we complained. They knocked Bethel out of playoff contention two weeks ago. Last week, they almost knocked Graham all the way out of playoff contention by beating them. They're not helping us keep things interesting in this region. We're doing our darndest. So Urbana's 4-0. Graham still has a prayer yet at 0-4, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Oh, boy. Region 5. Excuse me. Division 5, Region 18. Six teams we cover again. Six teams. It's going to get exciting when we get to the 20-team regions. Six! Ottawa Glandorf. Ottawa Glandorf. Oh, gee, they are the Titans. Ottawa Landorf. 
is hard for me to spell. Uh, blue and gold superintendent is John Horseman. Where is your mascot? Well, I'm sure John Horseman is happy for the free plug there. <laughs> the Titans. Yes, you are accurate. That reminds me, I saw a tweet from the new Minster superintendent today. Oh, no, we had a new one. Both the boys and the girls golf teams beat New Bremen. He tweeted, beating New Bremen once is nice. Beating them twice is even better. Well, he knows how to gear up the rivalry, so that's good. Uh, yeah, I guess he's not planning to move to New Bremen anytime. No, I don't think so. Back to Region 18. There are exactly 16 teams who are 2-2 two and two or better in this region. And at the moment, those are your current playoff teams. At number two, we have Coldwater. They are now playoff bound after a win over 2-2 two and two Anna last week. So is number seven, Liberty Benton. They won over 2-2 two and two Port Clinton. So both teams picked up some nice points. Both teams are now pretty much locked into the playoffs. Pretty at sweet. Num at number three, we have Liberty Center. They destroyed 3-1 and one Archibald, which <laughs> kind of surprised me. 42-14. to 14. So they're not only in the playoffs, we can now ensure they'll be hosting their first playoff game in well, maybe or maybe it's not the Nippert of the North, huh? We're taking away the title, or do you think it... I what? think we should keep it myself. I like it. <laughs> I mean, we've been sticking with it for years now. <laughs> Congrats to Liberty Center for locking in their spot. I bet they're feeling pretty good. I'm sure they are. They look incredible. Good. At number, at number nine, we have Indian Lake. They rose seven spots after they beat two and two Tecumseh. I think they will be a fun team to watch as their playoff hopes may come down to their Week 10 game against North Union. Huh, okay. I predict they may be not have it locked up until the last week of the season and might need that win in Week 10. And after taking a hard loss to Columbus Grove, number 15 Spencerville, as a reward, gets to face undefeated opponents the next two weeks. Oh. Uh, the book probably for the Bearcats. So I got Spencerville's mascot. You got Spencerville's. The most important game for them might be in week seven when they play Allen East. By the way, what I like about Spencerville Bearcats is instead of a C claw, they have an S claw for their symbol. So they only stole a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, yeah. Also in Division 5, we have two teams we follow in Region 20. Aha, a D4. Wait, actually, it's not worth the time, but I do have a D2 somewhere. You have a quarter. A, <laughs> yes, but I also have little pieces of resin that have been printed to match the dice. But anyway, D4 divided by two it is. <laughs> One again. Miami Ooh. East. Darn, because I know Milton Union's the Bulldogs. Miami East are the Vikings, I'm thinking. High school mascot. Get a nice insight into how I type, which is by singing the words. Uh, Viking, yes, you are correct. Excellent. Only caught you on a technicality so far. <laughs> there are only seven teams who have three or more wins in this region. But after that, there are 12 teams that have exactly two wins. So we have a big log jam in the middle of this region fighting for those last playoff spots. Miami East is currently ranked number six. They play 
two and two teams the next three weeks. So I imagine that, they won't be two and two after the next week. Correct. But two and two teams are good and bad news. They're not so great that you're afraid you can't beat them. But if you do beat them, you get some points out of them because they're two and two. So, mm -hmm. And usually those make good games, too. If Miami East can win this week's game against Sidney Lehman, that should make the playoffs almost a certainty already. A loss. Okay. And they might have to beat number 12, Milton Union, the next week. Milton Union, as I said, moved up seven spots to get to number 12 after they beat Sidney Lehman last week. And they are very, very close to us saying that, yep, they're playoff bound. Seems like a good region for us. Oh, and before we get to our big numbered regions where you've been looking forward to so much. You get to break out the weird dice. Yes. Before that, a little brief community service announcement. Oh, okay. I want to remind everyone that if you want to talk a little football, you can find me on Bud's Pizza every Wednesday night in Minster at about 3.30. Night, he says. Night. Well, it depends on how long I stay. Sometimes I'm gone by five. Sometimes I'm there till six or longer. Night, it, could be a longer one. it could be a longer one this week. Every spring, as Rebecca probably well knows, when I get very sick of the cold weather, as soon as a warm day arrives, I have a personal Jimmy Buffett day where I sit outside, wear my Hawaiian shirt, listen to Jimmy Buffett music, have some strawberry daiquiri mix, and there might be a bottle of rum involved. This year, I never got around to it. And then we had the bad, bad news that, that Jimmy died the other week. So the one of the owners of Bud's has promised me that on this Wednesday, he's putting Jimmy Buffett radio on in the restaurant. I'm having my Jimmy Buffett day at Bud's this Wednesday night. Oh, that's really sweet. Put on your Hawaiian shirt. Join me in the celebration. Have some pizza. If you need to, you can get one of them beers that has the fruit in it. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we'll have a good time this Wednesday night. Well, that's nice. Wish I could join. Yeah, it would be fun. Alas, I am hours away and I have plans already. Including being at work at 3.30 p.m. Now, that kind of happens to a lot of people. Yeah, unfortunately for us. That's why it's a good thing I stay around until you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a little bit. Until later. just after regular people get off of work. Yeah. Well, like I said, it may be a little later this time. We'll see. At night. <laughs> it depends on if the, a few people who've already told me they're coming to join these festivities when they show up and how long they wish to stay. Of course. Now to our smaller schools, Division 6, Region 22. We have nine teams, nine which means teams. we're rolling a D10. On a 10, we're re-rolling. It's a 10, which is it's just a zero on the dice, but nobody wants to roll a zero. Nine, Sherwood, Fairview, if they're not the Robin Hoods. Oh, no, they should be, but oh, Sherwood, Fairview? I'm going to take just a shot in the dark here and say they're the arrows. Yeah, I mean, kind of... They're the Apaches. Oh, okay. I'm in the ballpark, I guess. I guess. Apaches with Sherwood. I'm not sure I see the connection, but. I'm not sure I do either. <laughs> the Apaches. Nope, but I would okay. never guess that one. Decisions were made. 
decades ago, and we're sticking to them. So I guess we'll start with Sherwood Fairview. 0-4, by the way, not out of playoff contention yet, but as you can imagine, probably not that far, not really in that good a shape for making the playoffs, one would one would guess, right? Sorry, I'm going down the rabbit hole of why they're the Apaches. Okay, you do that. I'll keep going here. In the top spot, number one, Bluffton. They take it over this week. They had a 63-0 to win over winless Delphus Jefferson. I'm not sure how that made them go up a spot. Must have been some second-level points due to their wins over Pandora Gilboa and Defiance Ayersville that got them there. At number six, we have Columbus Grove. They were 13 last week. They rose seven spots after defeating two and two Spencerville. And we are now declaring officially the Bulldogs to be playoff bound. Ranked number seven is Riverdale. They probably need three more wins to reach the playoffs. Unfortunately, they are four touchdown underdogs in four of their final six games. So they need to win this week over Van Buren, and they need an upset in one of the following four games if they want to reach the postseason. Number 14, Tenora, and number 16, Wayne Trace, each rose five positions after they won in games they were favored last week. Both teams will likely reach the postseason, but to do so, they need to do that. They need to do a little more work before we declare that official. And that would make sense being only at number 14 and number 16 right now. And finally, number 18, Paulding, number 20, Van Buren, number 22, Hicksville, and number 23, Sherwood Fairview, the Apaches are all. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, do the stats. Sorry. Okay. They are all unlikely to reach the postseason, but all can still get there with just an upset win or two. So we'll detail these opportunities in future shows as they come up. So what you got on the Apaches? All right. So the history lesson, part of the confusion is that the Apache people were uh, traditionally and historically found in the southwest region of the United States, kind of Texas, New Mexico, Arizona area. So it makes no, I don't. I don't remember any of them in Ohio. Yeah, very, very little sense for there to be an Ohio high school named with mascots after them. Apparently, in 1958, a bunch of school districts merged and came into the Farmer High School. But they said, hey, that name doesn't really work well because there are schools from places other than Farmer High School. So we're going to pick a new one. And they had a contest. So they had a contest both for renaming the school, which is how Fairview came to be, and another one for the nickname. So it was just uh, students submitted or, or public submitted names. They came down to the three finalists of the Apache Spartans and Titans. They said Apache is what we're going with. So it was a vote in 1958 based on what sounded coolest to them. Uh. Those were the three they came up with, huh? I mean, Google didn't exist. So. <laughs> and they said, well, we already have a Spartan at Lima Senior, and we already have a Titans at Ottawa Glandorf. Maybe there's no Apaches around. There's huh? no Apaches <laughs> anywhere near there. All right, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> Division 6, Region 24, <laughs> nine teams again, Rebecca. Let's do it. 
Let's get off this topic. It's another nine. Wait, no, it's a six. It was upside down. Uh, okay, six, six, six. Troy Christian. Gee, I'm thinking they have some kind of Greek helmet thing. Um, you would think so, wouldn't you? Hmm. Troy. Trojans are right there. Yeah, the Trojans. They're like the wooden horses or something. No, um, that's not right either. I should know Troy Christian. I drive by it all the time. They must not have a big mascot on their football stadium. Mm. Okay, you stumped me. Aha! They are the Eagles. The Eagles. And their colors are green and gold. The green and gold Eagles. That sounds like they're named after the band, maybe. Yeah, could be. All right. In this region, number six, Tri-Village joins number two for sales as teams that will be hosting their opening playoff games. Uh, speaking of Versailles, the Fantastic 50 computer gives them a 57% chance of winning the Division VI state title. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Their opponent in the title game could probably be Kirtland, who was given a 22% chance of winning the title. So the computer thinks it's already got it figured out. Versailles over Kirtland in the championship game. Good thing we have to actually play the games to see if that's right. Good thing. Where would the excitement be otherwise? Well, that's for sure. For sure. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, West Liberty Salem remain, re, remains playoff bound after beating 3-1 and one South Charleston Southeastern. So does number seven, Anna. Even though they lost to Forno Coldwater, they are still playoff bound. As you'll notice, this is one of those regions with only 23 teams. Teams are, get to be playoff bound a little bit quicker in these regions. At number eight is Parkway. They climbed four rungs on the ladder after earning a huge 35-23 win over St. Henry. Very nice, very nice. The Panthers' two wins are likely good enough to get them a spot in the postseason. It's not guaranteed yet, but I think it's probably good enough. And that's because... Their one opponent, Pioneer North Central, is currently 3-1 and one and looks to gain more wins and just bring in the second-level points in for them. One more win for Parkway in the MAC will remove all doubt and even move them up the rankings a little bit, maybe get a non-Versailles-like uh, opponent in the first round. That is always preferable. <laughs> At number 10, the Troy Christian Eagles. Hey. They are in great position now, but they should fall steadily as they are big underdogs the next four games. So how far they fall, we'll have to see. Should they lose all four? They'll probably drop out of the top 16, but they still have a good chance in their final two games of the season, I think. And at number 12, Arcanum, exact same boat. Underdogs the next four games have a shot to win the final two. So. These are teams we'll be watching more closely come the end of the season. And at number 14, Allen East. The Fantastic 50 computer says they are playoff bound with a 1-3 and three record. Huh. Not because of their win, but because it thinks they're good enough, having gone through the more difficult part of their schedule, to win most of the games on the rest of their schedule. Okay. I'm feeling that that should be a little more... Don't call that I can't put <laughs> that they're one and three. I want to see another win or two before 
we put them in the playoffs there. I think that's understandable. If they end up being borderline for the playoffs, they have a one-point loss to 3-1 and one Indian Lake earlier this year. That could come back to haunt them. That would have been worth a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And as Rebecca starts rummaging through her dice here, we move on to Division Rummaging seven. through my dice as if I don't have them nice and organized right here. <laughs> In a Who nice, do you uh, think I am? Is that is that an octagonal-shaped die-rolling kit there? It sure is. All right. Good. I couldn't remember the word for six-sided, so. Hexagon. Hexagon. There we go. <laughs> so how many teams do we have here in Region 26? Is this the 21? 20. 20? No, oh, exactly. Just 20. 20. What a deal. And I rolled a seven, which is Defiance Ayersville. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Defiance <laughs> Ayersville. Hmm. I have, for some reason, just hit my head that maybe they are the pilots. Yes. Good job. Don't know where that came from, but okay. No idea. Wow, I'm impressed. As Rebecca said, we follow 20 teams here. 11 of them picked up wins this week. The only new addition to our playoff-bound teams is number one, Patrick Henry. They beat 2-2 and Evergreen 38 to nothing last week. Their next five opponents in the NWOAL have a combined record of 15 and five and are all in division four or division five. So tough game for Patrick Henry, big points if they win them. At number two, we have McComb. They won big again and they really should not be challenged until week 10. Number five, Lipsick, not quite as big of a winner and only has Two games where they are the prohibitive favorites coming up the next two weeks here. Uh, number four, Antwerp. They get a nice 50-50 type game this week against two and two Defiance Tenora. And number seven, Convoy Crestview. They had a nice win over two and two Ada last week. They now look likely to sneak into the postseason. If they can pull a mild upset over Allen East, that should get them in good and solid. Good and solid. It's always Almost like be, a candy. Always good to be good and solid. Almost as good as being good and plenty. Well, maybe not if you're like a Three Musketeers bar. Then good and solid's a little iffy. Yeah, no. The descriptor's not the best. By the way, I just received word today that the Schmuckers Company, based in Ohio, known for uh-huh. their jellies and jams, I believe. If it's Schmuckers, it has to be good, right? They also do the dum dums. It's possible. Word is they are buying Hostess. Oh, wow! Now, for the most part, this only affects me is if they decide to bring back the Susie Q, which I have been missing <laughs> greatly. Nothing's better than a Susie Q, except a frozen Susie Q. I tell you, mm. uh, that is an opinion that you are allowed to have. Next on our list, Waynesfield Goshen, currently ranked number eight. They are undefeated, but actually dropped a place in the standings this week. Mm-hmm. The Tigers are expected to finish the season undefeated, so they expect them to finish at 10-0. and 0. And yet, they're also only expected to finish in about fifth place if they go undefeated. Something of a weak schedule for Waynesfield Goshen. Okay. At number nine, we have Defiance Ayersville, forever to be remembered as the Pilots. They also felt one spot after winning last week, and it's a trend that could continue as they play 
one in three teams the next two weeks. So mm, wins yeah. possible, not many points likely. On the other hand, Lima Central Catholic gained eight places up to number 10 this week. They beat three and one Bishop Reddy. That's the way to get the points. That's the way to get them. Of course, if you lose and you get zero points, that's the way not to get the points. Yeah, yeah, Got to take some risks to get some rewards. At number 15, Pandora Gilboa and number 16, Arlington. They both returned to the top 16 this week after winning. Number 18, Delphi St. John's and number 19, Harden Northern drop out of the top 16 after losing. So it looks like we had a little switcheroo among those four teams. Also winning last week was number 21, Upper Soto Valley. And they are a big favorite to win their next three games and get back into the top 16. Yeah, that could shake things up. See, I know all these other nicknames. The Rams. <laughs> and I remember Upper Soto Valley got their nickname from a consolidation also. Apparently, the four towns that consolidated started with an R, an A, an M, and an S. See, that is an excellent way to do things. Yeah, you like that? That's also not likely to work for many people. The only one I remember is that the M is McGuffey. I don't remember the other three towns. But, anyway. <laughs> but the Upper Soto Valley Rams may need a win in week nine against Hardin Northern if they want to make the playoffs. That's a game I know we'll be watching. That's going to be important to both teams, even though it's five weeks from now. And finally, number 26, Lima Perry, and number 30, Corey Rawson. Join number 25, Van Lu and number 30, Delphus Jefferson as being out of realistic playoff contention. The other two towns in the Rams are Roundhead and Alger. There is no S. So it was just three towns, huh? Okay. Correct. Alger. I should have remembered Alger. Roundhead I had no chance at. <laughs> Probably named after the former Wyandotte Indian chief Roundhead, I imagine. No. It wasn't? That's a shame. He was worth being named after. Anyway. Name is for Russell A. Alger, the 20th governor of Michigan. Oh, not him. The Roundhead Town. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> Wait, there was a town in Ohio named after the governor of Michigan? Apparently. <laughs> Do any Ohio yeah, State fans know this? <laughs> it's not even close to the Michigan border. Um, <laughs> Roundhead is named after the Wyandotte chief. You're correct. Excellent. All right. <laughs> I think he used to run around with Tecumseh back in the day. So, Back in the day. Back in the day. Okay. Moving on to Region 28. There are 12. Nope, sorry. There are 13, 13 schools yeah. here. However, the first place school is Marion Local, and we know this, and we know what they are. So I'm just going to skip them and <laughs> roll a D12. So I rolled a 7, which is number 8 on our list. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Sydney Layman Catholic. The Cavaliers. There we go. I'm trying to think if there's any on this list I didn't know. I would be surprised. DeGraff Riverside escapes me at the moment. DeGraff. No, they're the pirates. Never mind. They are the pirates. <laughs> In this region, we have no new teams to declare playoff bound. No new teams to declare out of contention this week. So it's a status quo type of week. That's okay. We have a few interesting games this week. Number one, Marion Local takes on the defending Division Seven state champs from New Bremen, who are currently number nine in the rankings. 
Number two, Ansonia faces their toughest test of the season as they go up against Tri-Village. At number four, DeGraff Riverside. They are a two-touchdown or better favorites in their next five games. Look for a winning streak from Riverside. Okay. At number eight, Mechanicsburg lost last week. Says they are expected to split their final six games. Go three okay. and three. Their playoff seed will vary wildly if those results go one game in either direction, of course. Hmm. Um, I believe I just saw something today that says they've had two seniors recently quit the team and they didn't have many seniors to begin with. So huh. don't know what's happening in Mechanicsburg, if anything, but maybe lean towards the three and three might be the high side of how the rest of their season's going to go, huh? We mentioned earlier New Bremen is number nine. They need one or two more wins to make the playoffs. Odds are it won't come this week as they're facing Marion Local. Always a tough matchup for everyone. At number 10, we have Minster. Their next five opponents are a combined nine and 11. Four, two, and two teams have won one and three. So again, they have a whole bunch of those games where they're all winnable and they're all worth some, but not a great number of points. Kind of them those middle-of-the-road games that could go either way. I figure they could win anywhere from none or one to all five of those games. They probably need four wins if they want to host a playoff game this year. So they need to go on a winning streak if they want to play a game here at Minster. At number 11 is Bradford. Remember last week we talked about they were hosting Bridgeport with the three-and-a-half-hour bus drive? Oh, yeah. Well, it didn't help Bridgeport any. Bradford beat them 48 to 14. Bridgeport oh. was two and two. Yeah. That might be enough as it is to get Bradford in the playoffs. But the Railroaders are favored slightly against two and one Portsmouth Scioteville this week. I forgot to look up whether they are traveling to Portsmouth or they conned somebody else into a long bus drive. And Bradford's also slightly favored against two and two Dixie next week. So. Bradford could get themselves good and solidly in the playoffs in the next two weeks. And at number 13, Sydney Lehman, number 15, St. Henry, and number 18, Fort Laramie, all lost last week, but all are still projected to sneak into the playoffs down in some wow. of those last spots. Another one of those regions of only 23 teams, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number 19, Fort Recovery, number 19, Miss Cinema Valley. They're both going to need an upset or two if they want to get into the postseason. Okay. Exciting region as always. And finally, your best shot to stump me, the eight-man football teams. <laughs> do they even have mascots? I'm sure they do. I'm sure yes, they do. They, do. <laughs> they have other sports. Number one, Holgate. Holgate. That's probably my best chance. Hmm. <laughs> Holgate. Nope. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> They are the Tigers. The Tigers. You know, I don't think I know any of these, Rebecca. Well, it's good we're doing this so we yeah. can learn and our listeners can learn. Yeah. So, right number one, the Holgate Tigers. They stayed undefeated with a 58-12 to win over number five, Lakeside Danbury. The second-ranked team, Sandusky St. Mary. They beat number four striker 67 to 36. They're putting oh, up boy. some points in the eight-man football, huh? <laughs> yeah. And at number three, Toledo Christian took a loss 48 to 12 to 
North Point Christian out of Michigan. We did talk a while back about how the reduced number of people on the field means their defense isn't as uh, absolute. Yeah, not quite as clogged up maybe, huh? Yeah, field's a little bit more open. Uh, this coming week, Holgate plays a club team, so no points gained for them or lost, as, as it may be. So the gap to number one can be closed a little bit by the winner of the other two games. We have Sandusky St. Mary playing Sebring McKinley. We also have Toledo Christian playing Stryker. So the winners of those games ought to move up in the rankings. Exciting. Looking forward to it. And that puts week four in the books, Rebecca. All right, we did it. We even snuck in something a little unplanned extra. How about that? Hey, now we've got to either keep it up or think of something new to do. Oh, we seem to do better if unplanned, I think. I Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll let the cats decide who we're talking about. Oh. Oh, anyway. Oh, this thanks. was a response to a comment we had this week, right? We love comments. They're so good. And also, it was getting a little sale, so <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Not helped by the fact that we often record after a long day of work or school for me, so. And babysitting the grandchild for me. Yeah. That would be Jack, by the way, in case my wife is listening. She doesn't like it when I call him the grandkid or the grandchild. I have to say Jack, so. <laughs> but she's okay with you sharing his personal info on the internet to anyone? Well, I'm keeping his social security number a secret. There you go. Good job. Anyway, if you have any other additional comments or questions or suggestions on how we can keep this exciting and interesting, you can send those to us by email at uh, bdmonin at nktelco.net or submit it on X, the app formerly known as Twitter, to at Bruce Monin. Boy, it's just never going to sound cool to me. Uh, anyway, I'm a youngster. I don't use Twitter. Please subscribe to this podcast, please. You can listen to us more and keep track of our wild bits as we try and keep ourselves and you entertained. You can get that on the Apple iTunes Store, Apple Music, whoops, nope, Rewind, Amazon Music, or on the iHeartRadio. Just search for Bruce Mon and it'll pop right up. There's not too many of us out there. That's for sure. But whichever way you find us and listen to us, be sure to tune in again next week here on Bruce Monin's Computer Points. <laughs>